picking up some interference. So we keep changing channel, but it doesn't really work. Um, it's good to have Cheryl back from her trip. She brought this uh, gift to us as a church family, so I didn't want to open it until we were here. So I want to do that. That's all right. Uh, it's a gift from Israel. I should just be like a kid, shouldn't I? There we go. Oh, I don't know if you can see that. It's it's a lion and a lamb. You, you can't. Yeah. Anyway, so it's going to go up over there next to uh, next to the offering box in communion, like our other ones that are gifts to us. Um, it's great to have her back again, and I'm sure. If you want to hear more about her trip, she'll be quite willing to to share uh, to share with you. So yeah, so so just to confirm, Christmas Day. So next Sunday is Christmas Eve. Yep. Uh, so we're here as usual. Uh, Christmas Day, nine thirty though, not ten a.m. Uh, as it is every year, we, we do it at nine thirty, um, so people can be home, um, have lunch, whatever the case is. Um, New Year's Eve uh, is a great opportunity to get together um, in the building here, a bring and share dinner. Um, we really look forward to that. And we really felt, um, you know, because we always start the year off in some sort of prayer thing. And um, sometimes we go ar around the region and you know, and do things. But just really felt, let's start the year with 31 days of prayer and fasting. So the sign-up sheet is there. Who likes prayer and fasting? Okay, so those that don't have their hands up need to put their um, names on the list. It's actually something that, you know, and people say to me, well, how do I do that when I'm at work? Can I put my name down for prayer and fasting when I'm working? I said, absolutely. I said, when you, instead of when you have breakfast, use that 20 minutes in the morning to pray. In your lunch break, instead of eating for 30 minutes, use your lunch break to pray. When you have dinner at night, use your dinner time to pray. It's something that you can still do even when you're at work. It doesn't mean you have to be shut in a closet for 24 hours to pray. It is that you are making a conscious decision to look to the Lord and pray throughout the day. Amen. What are we praying for? We're praying for the things of God to come to pass. We're praying for the prophetic words that have been spoken to come to pass. We're praying for our brothers and sisters. We're praying for the kingdom of God to manifest in increasing measures in Bundaberg. We're standing together. We need to stand together more than ever. You know, we have people amongst us that have been going through various battles and are still going through various battles. We need to stand together because the Lord says that when two or three agree, it is done. You know, so... Um, I just want to encourage you with that prayer and fasting. Um, there was a visiting a person who, who was here last week. Just a couple of quick things before the kids go out. Uh, there was a couple of uh, there was a visiting uh, person here last week um, who's a kind of a intercessor kind of person, and they gave me a couple of words. They said because I'm new here and, and people don't know me, I didn't want to come up the front and share it, but they wanted to share it with me, and I thought they were really important. And the first one was a vision of 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 timber going through a mill so you know all the bark all the external stuff everything is cut away as it goes through creates this beautiful bit of timber 
But on the end of the log, on the end of the timber, there was this rotten section. And he saw the Lord come and, and you know, cut off that rotten section so that all the timber that was left was actually beautiful looking timber. And as I was praying about that, I was, you know, 2023 has been a hard year for many people. Not just here, but I have friends in Western Australia, South Australia, Tasmania, Victoria, New South Wales, Northern Territory. You know, there are, there's a commonality that people have experienced various hardships in 2023. And I really felt with that rotten part that we, we need to make sure that we have clean hands and pure hearts as we enter into the next year. We can't bring anything rotten. We can't, we can't keep offence. We can't keep unforgiveness. We can't have shame. We can't have guilt. We can't have these things that stop us from walking forward. We need to allow the Lord to deal with that and remove that rotted timber so that we are clean. Is that understandable? Is that right? And then the other thing that he said, because he said, I, I really feel Isaiah 54.2, which is enlarge the place of your tent. And, you know, we, um, we as a leadership are people who pray. Um, I'm really blessed to have a lot of people around, it, around us who pray. You know, one of the scriptures there says, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations. You know, we, just, we, we have people who are committed to pray. They're praying for, for you. They're praying for us. They're praying for, for the city, for our region. We are, we are surrounded by people who pray. I still feel that there's more for us to understand about prayer, but it's great to have people around us that pray. You know, one of the things that we don't make a big deal of is finances because we believe that if your heart is right before God, that you will seek out opportunities to give. Because our God is a generous God. Yeah? And we always look for opportunities to give and be generous because we have received that from God. But we just wanted you to know as we step into 2024 that, you know, the last three or four months, and that's probably as far back as it goes, is that we've seen like, like a 30% decrease in giving. It's actually a substantial amount. And I think we need to understand that right from day one, we've been a church that put people first. You don't actually know what goes on behind the scenes. I guess you just have to trust that we are seeking God and hearing from God together. But we've helped people out, not just with food and, 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 and that kind of stuff, but we've helped people out with bills. You know, we've helped... Um, um, single mums out when they needed help. We've helped with car rego. We've like helped with these things over a period of time and, we can, and, and, and we've continued to do that because we believe that's what we read in Scripture, that we are a family and we need to help one another. Is there an, is there an amen to that? But I think we need to understand that those kind of things are in a bit of danger because of the decrease in giving. You know, if... 100, 100, 100 families or 100 people gave $50 a week, we would meet budget. If we get more than that, we go further. Yeah. And you might say, well, I can't afford $50 a week. But you have to understand that if you're tithing or bringing your offering to the Lord and it's $30 a week, there's someone else that's giving $70 a week. Someone who's giving $25 a week, there's another person who's giving $75 a week or $100 a week. But I want to put it in simple terms 
that we pray and we seek God and we are faithful and dutiful and we can continue to do what we do and that is put people first. Well, Jesus first. Put people first uh, because that is the heart of God. We, we, we have always limited what we spend on admin stuff because we want to help people. And I know many of you have experienced that. You know, but we also help people, obviously, outside of the Fellowship of Restoration Centre through various ways as well. So I just wanted to bring that to your attention. The last thing I want to do before the kids go out is bring the YWAM team forward. Come on, YWAM team. Give them a hand. They're actually, they're actually taking the kids' ministry today, so they're actually going out with a couple of our leaders. But I thought we've, you know, they've done an amazing job this week in all kinds of ways. So we thought we would introduce them to you because they're taking off to the sunny coast and then they're going to Nepal for five weeks in Nepal. So I asked them the other day cheekily, I said, how, how, how are you guys going? Because when you're in a very confined space for a period of weeks, you tend to get to know each other. But they're doing pretty good. Do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? And if anyone's got a testimony of this week or something, Please feel free to share that. Yep. It's down there. There we go. Someone's off down there. There you go. Uh, my name is William Law, and I am from the States, from Wyoming. My name is Danai, and I am from Greece. My name is Cedric, and I'm from Germany. Um, I do have a little testimony that I want to share with you guys. So it was two days ago when we were going to the youth group here in town. Um, and when we were driving there, we all had like um, little jobs that we prepared. Like we were doing the worship and other people were doing the, the games. And Ricky was um, not preaching, but like having a message for the for the youth. And on the way there, he he felt kind of sick and he felt like he's losing his voice. So we prayed for him. Um, that just his voice will be loud, that his voice will be clear, and uh, that he will not lose it while he's uh, teaching. And then um, we went in there, and like his voice was there all the time. And as soon as we were done with the youth group, it was gone. Like Good. God just kept it up for the entire time that we were there, just <laughs> that Ricky could um, share, which was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so my voice is coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my, my name is, uh, well, my government name is Richard Valdez. I go by Ricky and I'm from, uh, a wonderful state called Florida. So in the United States, if people didn't know that. <laughs> Hello, my name is Eva and I'm from Germany as well. <laughs> uh, I'm River. I'm from Kentucky in the U.S., Hello, I'm Kenzie, from, originally from Texas in the U.S., and I just wanted to share a little story of something the Lord did in my heart this week. It was also on Friday night, but I wasn't at the youth group. I was feeling just really overwhelmed with a lot of the things that were happening, so I stayed back here just to spend some time with the Lord, and I had forgotten that there was a worship night here, which I was like, oh, I don't have time alone, but I was able to kind of just listen in and be a part of what was happening and just like sing along and still take time by myself with the Lord, but also be 
feel like I was involved in what was happening. And it was really amazing, the worship that I was able to hear. And it really felt like the Lord brought a lot of freedom through that and just reminding me of some things in my life. Um, He was able to show me that even though I've been asking for help as we've been um, doing all of this ministry and stuff, I've been saying, Jesus, I Um, can you please help me with this? I haven't been saying, Jesus, I need you. And through the worship and then through just the Lord speaking to me and the atmosphere that was created by the worship, I was able to hear that from the Lord and just be reminded that I need to say, Jesus, I need you every morning. And then after that, I can ask for his help. So I just want to say that as a little encouragement to the people that were worshiping and the people who continue to pray for the community, I had forgotten that the battle we fight is not just physical because we've been doing a lot of very practical ministry, which is amazing, but that it's such a spiritual battle too. And I was able to be a part of that and see some victory through the worship and through the spiritual warfare that y'all were y'all were doing so thank you amen bless you guys we just pray for them yeah father we want to thank you for this team we want to thank you for bringing them amongst us and god we lord as they head from here to the sunny coast and then to nepal for over a month of ministry father i want to thank you that you send your angels ahead of them oh god Father, you're ministering spirits to guard and protect them. Father, I want to thank you for what you're doing in them, God, as well as doing through them. I thank you that you're revealing yourself to them. And so, Lord, as a fellowship, we just speak blessing over you today. We just thank you, uh, Jesus, for your blood that covers them. We thank you for your grace that is sufficient for them and your power that is made perfect in weakness for them, O God. And we pray that through this time, Lord, that even in the midst of the busyness and the doing, that they would uh, draw closer to you, that how Jesus uh, went into the solitary place to pray, that they would find that place, Lord, where they can just come aside and hear your voice. Father, we pray that your love would continue to manifest amongst them and, Lord, through them and help them with every need that they have, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless them. So good. Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to add on to what Kenzie said, and also I just think it's so cool that this is a church where people pray so much for each other. And um, I got a picture from a girl one day, and um, yeah, people were praying for me, and she said um, in her head it was like as if um, I was standing against the enemy, and a lion was walking in front of me, and when people were praying with me, the people like started to line up next to me while they were praying so like if we pray with each other for something we're lining up against the enemy and we're actually building an army against the enemy so i just want to encourage to keep praying for each other it's very powerful amen so the kids that are obviously there's a lot of families starting to go out on holidays but the kids that are here feel free to go out and this wonderful team is going to look after you this morning bless you catch you when afterwards yeah we're going to get into the uh into the word of god phew it's already 11 30 i haven't i said to someone jokingly this morning that i haven't spoken for a month so it could be a long one just kidding one person says amen i'll go for the one father we want to thank you for your word and your spirit Lord, we pray that 
God, you continue to lead us on a journey, God, where we don't just feed on milk, but we feed on solid meat. God, that we would grow in maturity to demonstrate the kingdom of God and to represent Christ in the fullness in every area of our life. And so at this time, God, we yield to your Holy Spirit. We yield to the ministry of your Spirit amongst us, O God, and Lord, to the truth of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to talk. I'm going to try and pack it in as, pack it in as quick as possible. Be filled, be filled with the Spirit. So it's important that we it's important that we actually go on to maturity. You know, just because someone has been in church for 30 years doesn't necessarily mean that they're mature in Christ. We can sit, we can do, but do we allow the Word to work in us? Do we allow the Spirit of God to work in us to bring us to a place of maturity? Remember the, the word for Christian or the Greek word for Christian, you know, means, you know, Christ-like, like Christ. So we don't call ourselves a Christian because that's what we think, but no, no, because we are Christian because people see Christ in us. So I want to talk about being filled with the Spirit today. We, we start all the way back with the Lord's declaration through Ezekiel with the New Covenant. And he says in chapter 36, verse 26, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I, and I will remove your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will place my spirit within you and I will move you to follow my statutes and carefully observe all my ordinances. He gives us a new heart. When we're truly born again, he gives us a new heart. And he puts his spirit within us because he knows and we know that if we try and follow the Lord in our own strength and in our own effort, we fail. So he put his spirit in us, guaranteeing, because he is the keeper of the covenant, guaranteeing what is to come. Is there an amen? If I turn to Romans chapter 8, This is what we read. Verse 1. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do, since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. Oh, what the law could not do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did. God has done it. He's given us a new heart. He's given us of his spirit. And it's his spirit that moves us to follow him. We need to be less reliant upon ourselves and more reliant upon the spirit of God. Is there an amen? Well, that wasn't a very convincing amen. We need to be less reliant upon ourselves, you know, and our smarts and what we perceive as good points, and we need to be reliant upon the Spirit of God. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering, in order that the law's requirement would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. 
For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live by the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. We go on to read. So then, in ver- this is verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And then it says in verse 19, for all creation it waits eagerly with anticipation for the sons of God to be revealed. Talking about maturity, who understand who people people understand who they are in Christ, understand what Christ has done for them, are done with the deeds of the flesh and are living by the Spirit, calling us into maturity. And Paul said to the church in Ephesus, which I guess is where we get our title from today. He said. Let me read verse 15. Pay careful attention to how you live. Not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery or or reckless living, but be filled by the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus as you submit to one another out of fear of Christ. I love that bit because it talks about singing and making music and it just shows that we're actually all called to make music. It doesn't have to be in tune. Make music in your hearts to the Lord. Sing songs. Make music with your heart. Make music. Let the song of your heart be heard. Shout it out. Speak it out. Try to sing it out. Let the heart song be heard. The the Psalms, I'll get off track for 10 seconds. The Psalms are full of David, full of David expressing his heart to God. David didn't hide anything all except for a couple of times. His heart was for God and when he was when he was struggling he would say he would say that read the psalms and you'll see how real David was but it was David's heart making music to the Lord is there an amen So this morning living by the spirit the spirit filled life is one of maturity walking in the fullness of the provision that's been made for us where the flesh has no place anymore and we walk as sons You know, we can read 1 Corinthians 12 about the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think in Pentecostal Christianity, and I actually, the more I travel these these years, the more I hate labels. There is no Pentecostal, Baptist, Presbyterian, you know, denomination or whatever. We are born again believers in the kingdom of God. Is there an amen? All these things, these words and stuff, all they do is to separate. But in the 
amongst the believers to move in the, the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, we see someone speaking in tongues or someone prophesying or someone laying hands on someone to be healed. And what we say over them is, wow, they're spirit filled. No, no, that's a manifestation of the Spirit. Spirit-filled life is something that's more whole than that. Because you see, you can see people moving powerfully in the gifts of the Spirit and their life is actually a mess behind the scenes. True? We see it throughout the body of Christ. We see it all over the place. That's, that's why we as a fellowship want to strip away the image stuff. We don't want smoke and flashing lights. We, like, we don't want to hide things. We want to be open. We want to, to walk in relationship and integrity before the Lord and with one another. Galatians 5, it says in verse 13, For you were called to be free. Brothers and sisters, only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but rather serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you too will be consumed by one another. So I say then, live by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the spirit, and the spirit desires what is against the flesh, because they are opposed to one another. What are the desires of the flesh? We could read more in Galatians. We could read the, like Ephesians, and we can think about debauchery. We can, read, we can think about sexual immorality. We can think about you know addictions, all these things that are more obvious, but the things of the flesh are also things like carrying offence, carrying unforgiveness, you know, bitterness, judgment, all this stuff. It's things of the flesh. It's works of the flesh. Jealousy, envy, strife, quarrelling, things of the flesh. Hatred, anger, things of the flesh. And this is why Paul is saying to the church, watch out or you're just going to devour yourself. And he's saying to them, be filled by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. The provision has been made for you. Walk in it. Walk as sons. Walk in maturity. See, the work of the Spirit in us is that we would be like Christ. That we don't just sing a song and we do our dutiful church duty and we go home again but we are changed from one degree of glory into another into another into the image of Christ is it okay to be talking like this do we want to be challenged in our walk you know it's it's the right thing to be challenged in our walk Paul I don't I was speaking with Guy during the week and we were talking and having a bit of a joke and we thought if the apostle Paul went into any modern day church today he'd probably be kicked out You you read his letters to the church, and they were from the heart of a father, yes. No, but he was addressing stuff. I just wonder how we would go if Paul walked in here and started speaking. I'm not sure how we'd go, any of us. 
But the work of the Spirit is that we would be like Christ. What the law couldn't do because of the flesh, God has done for us. Ah, Just go home and read 2 Corinthians 3 and you will see the glory of God being manifest. And the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. And as we behold the Lord, we are changed from one degree of glory to another. This is the work of the Spirit. I don't know about you, but my heart's cries, Jesus, I want to be more like you. You know, we, we can sing the old hymn, Lord, I need you. Oh, every hour. You're my one defense, my righteousness. Oh, God, how I need you. We can sing that song, or that can be the attitude of our heart. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you every hour. I need you. Are you hungry for more of Him? Or are you drifting? You're drifting because of the things of the world. You're drifting because you're carrying stuff in your heart. You see, the flesh and the spirit are opposed. You cannot carry bitterness, rage, anger, offense, unforgiveness, jealousy, strife, all this. You can't carry that and that at the same time. Somehow the enemy makes us think that we can, but there's actually no stationary position. If we're not walking forward with the Lord, we're actually drifting away. If our anchor is not down in Christ, we tend to drift. When challenges and hardships come our way, we, we always have a choice. Do we withdraw or do we press in? Do we press into God? Or do we allow the circumstances to speak to us more loudly and walk away? You see, if, if we could picture our bodies like a glass or a container is probably a better one. A container, we are filled with stuff. Our bodies are filled with stuff. Our lives are filled with stuff. We have family, we have friends, we have work, we have commitments, we have all kinds of stuff, all that kind of stuff. But then our lives are filled with stuff. And Paul is writing to the church and, and says, be filled with love and joy and peace and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness because that's the fruit of the Spirit. Don't be filled with hate and anger and rage and backbiting and jealousy and all this stuff. Don't be filled with that stuff because that's of the flesh. But he says, be filled. And in the Greek, it actually is keep being filled with the Spirit. So I would say to you on the back of these scriptures, as the Lord has been, I mean, I don't think we realize when we preach a message, well, you probably don't, like you don't realize that you have to journey with God. You can't just get up and speak a word because, because it doesn't work that way. Or maybe some can, I don't know. But I have to journey with God. Otherwise, there's no authority to speak anything. I'm speaking just out of head knowledge rather than out of revelation. But I would say to you, if you said to me, well, what is a measure of looking at someone who is truly filled with the Spirit? 
And as I said, in Pentecostalism, it would the gauge would be prophecy, healing, tongues, deliverance, these kind of things, which are manifestation gifts of the Spirit. But it, the more I travel this journey and the more I spend time in the Word of God, I would say that the mark of a truly Spirit-filled person is that, that they, is, is that they cannot walk in the flesh. They cannot practice, would probably be a better thing, they cannot practice the things of the flesh. Now what I mean by that is, let me give, give you a practical example. If Jeanette did something to me, and I had a moment where I was like, eh? to practice the things of the flesh means that I mull over and continue to do that very thing. Does that make sense? If I am practicing those things, it means that I am in, intentionally mulling over that I am crabby with Danette and I continue to be crabby and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm not spirit-filled. I'm actually be consumed by the things of the flesh. But I'm, so a mark of someone is, yes, something happens and, we get, and I get angry at Danette and it's like, oh, man. But then it's like, don't go to bed angry and don't give the devil a foot off. And you walk away from that and you feel conviction and you go, oh, Jesus, I repent of that. I repent of having those thoughts in my heart and my life. Fill me afresh with your spirit. Have you ever felt that? You've been in a circumstance, you've been in a situation and you've said something, you've done something and you walk away and go, oh, hands up. If you feel with the spirit, you listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit and you deal with those very things that need to be dealt with so they do not gain a foothold. That is the mark of a spirit-filled life, that the things of the flesh do not gain a foothold. The things of the enemy do not gain a foothold in your life. You walk with, with, with a heart before God and you are being filled with the Spirit that there is no room for anything else to take root in your life. And I would say that's maturity. And I would say that, that that is where the Lord is taking his people. Unoffendable. Actually, I have this vague recollection that Mark Crawford prophesied that, that we would become an unoffendable people. Now, the problem with a prophecy and the problem when someone declares that is you have to go through stuff to get the victory to become unoffendable. You don't just become undefendable by receiving a word. You actually become unoffendable by going through stuff and dealing with stuff and getting your heart right before God and with other people so that, so that it, there is no offence. It's the process of my personal word lately. Oh, man, I've got to try and wrap this up. My personal word lately is yield. You know, the mark of every revival, of every true revival, you know, people use the word revival. Revival here, revival there, revival there. No, no, no. The revivals that we read about in history, which is an awakening afresh to the truth of the gospel and the presence and the power of God, are marked by cities and nations being changed. You read the accounts of revival and you'll see the pubs are emptied, the jails are emptied, marriages are restored, lives are being changed. That's revival. It's not a series of meetings where we get excited in the Lord and refreshed again. That's, that's refreshing. 
Repent and turn to God so that your sins will be wiped out and the times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. One of the hallmarks of the prayers leading up to a work of God is, well, Evan Robertson, the Welsh Revival said, Lord, bend us. Bend us. You know, others would say surrender. God, we surrender. We surrender. The word I've just been in my spirit lately has been, Lord, I yield. I yield to your spirit. I, I, I yield to the work of your spirit in my life. Lord, what are you doing? Lord, I yield. And then, so it's a submitting. And in that place, I just worship. For me, yes, I get out my guitar and I just worship. But I would encourage you to go through a process of yielding to God and then just be led to worship. Worship through your heart song. Worship through the words that are spoken. You don't have to learn to play guitar. The worship is from your heart, your heart song. You know, I was reading, when I was praying into this and I was reading, and I'm probably still processing some of it, but I felt released to at least touch on it. I found some verses in 1 John that are just like, whoa, there's some meat here. There's some meat. It's like steak and veg, not a McDonald's burger. It says in 1 John 3, See what great love the Father has given unto us that we should be called children of God and that is what we are. Is that an amen? Huh. The reason the world does not know us, the reason, yeah, the reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that When he appears, we will be like him because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Now, in the context of the Greek, there's that practicing again. If someone is continually practicing sin, they don't know him. Now, again, I would say that we think about sin with the obvious, with the things that are more in front of us. Sexual sin. Tom spoke about that last week. Very bold, but very true. You know, adultery, sexual immorality, drunkenness, addiction. We think about that. I go, oh, yeah, no, I don't practice any of that. What about the other things? What about the things that are not seen in here? Is there anything that we are practicing that has built up a stronghold in our life? Because after 25 years of prayer ministry with people, one thing I've learned is that the issue is never the issue. Is in that the issue that they're presenting with right now is actually not the issue. It goes back five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, fifty years, even back to birth when the mother rejected them or the father rejected them and said, I don't want anything to do with you. We think it's the issue that's here, but it's not. It's something that's all the way back. But it causes us to practice stuff. 
and we get caught in cycles and patterns and we struggle to get released. Is this speaking to anyone today? Maybe. We read that in a couple of verses later, the Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Do we get that? The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. And then John writes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the very pen of God, and he says, everyone who has been born of God does not sin or does not continue to practice sin. So if we are struggling in an area, it's because we don't know him. I always say you can't forgive people if you do not know that you're forgiven. And often people who struggle to forgive people is because they haven't forgiven themselves for something. That is often the problem is that they have not forgiven somebody or they haven't forgiven themselves. And so they struggle to forgive others. You can't love people. You can't love people if you do not know that you are loved. You cannot practice these things if you are spirit-filled. You cannot continue to practice these things. We give short accounts and we grow and we yield and we submit and we feel afresh and we grow from glory to glory to glory. That is the demonstration of what Jesus has done. He's looking for a people that will go, God, I yield to you. I don't want to walk according to the flesh. I don't want to deal with things the way the world deals with them. I want to live for you in the fullness of everything. It's not the only time that John writes about this. Yeah, I really need to get there. In 1 John 5, he says the same thing, exactly the same thing. He says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not continue to sin. When I look around the church in our nation, when I look around the church in our nation, we see so much division, strife, quarreling, envy, jealousy, competition. All these things. You know, it says in uh, 1 John 5 verse 3 that the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. You know, you might be feeling like, oh, this is a bit. But the commands of the Lord are not burdensome. Why? Because it's not us keeping them. It's the Spirit of God in us. It's not burdensome. Because the Spirit longs to love. The Spirit longs to bring joy. The Spirit longs to heal. The Spirit longs to bring hope. They're not burdensome. You don't love. Love is love is not a duty. It's a delight. And if you're struggling to love your husband or your wife, you're struggling to love your neighbor, you're struggling to love, then maybe you just need to get in your prayer closet and say, God, I need to know how much you love me. Because whenever I do marriage counseling, whenever I come to that place, the first question I always ask is, how is your relationship going with Jesus? Let's get real for a minute. How is your relationship with Jesus going? That's where it all comes back to. Well, well, I've been a bit busy. I've been a bit distracted. And 
and we just go that journey. His commands are not burdensome. I remember, I remember if music team, you want to come up. I remember I, I used to read scripture under a religious mindset. And it was in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Now, the religious mindset says, it takes it this way. I'm going to prove my love for Jesus by trying to obey his commands. Did you get that? If you love me, you will keep my commands. That's what Jesus said. So the religious, the religious mindset says, I'm going to prove my love for God by trying to keep his commands. But the problem with that is, guess what? We can't. We fall down. We fail. We mess up. And then, it, and, and then if you're under a religious spirit, you beat yourself up because you want to try harder. Because you don't want to do that, but you just do. But that's not what Jesus is saying. We need to read the Word of God in the Spirit of God. What was that? Um, he, uh, Smith Wigglesworth said, I don't read the Bible in Greek. I don't read it in English. I don't, I don't read it in Hebrew. I read it in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I like that statement. We need to read scripture in, in the Holy Spirit. Jesus wasn't saying try harder and get frustrated. He said, if you love me, it just happens. The Spirit of God moves. It's not hard to love my wife. Not just because she's so beautiful in every way. Because the Spirit of God helps me. We need to yield to the Spirit. So why is there so much division, strife, angst, offence in the church, in Bundaberg, in Queensland, in Australia? Well, I would say because we're not living the Spirit-filled life based upon the Word of God. Because we're not living as spirit-filled people. We are allowing other things to take up residence in us. And it may be stuff from 30 years ago that you still haven't dealt with. It may be that your dad rejected you, or your mum rejected you, or you were bullied at school. Or it might be 10 years ago that you were hurt by a leader or a pastor. It might be, you know, back at birth, whatever it is, but things are taking up place in us. And the enemy just uses stuff that happens in our day-to-day life and touches that and we react. I feel on the back of that vision of the wood that today and these days, make it your daily prayer. Don't take anything negative. Don't take anything destructive from 2023 into 2024. Say, Lord, I repent and whatever it is for you. Lord, I repent of holding that unforgiveness. Lord, I repent of not forgiving my mum. Lord, I repent and I yield to you and I come into alignment with your word 
and I yield to the work of your spirit in my life and I say, Lord, have your way. Remove anything in me, O God, that needs to be removed. Jesus said, you need to take the plank out of your own eye to take the speck out of your brother or sister's eye. It starts here. God, remove anything in me. So often we can point out the fault in someone else. But what about me? What about us? Can we, can we know that God is good and he wants to remove any hurt, any trauma, any pain? He wants to remove the, the, the heavy weight and the baggage that we've lived under for year after year after year and come alive and be healed and whole. Whole. My prayer is that we would live as a people the fullness of what Christ has done for us. Not just in his death and his resurrection, but in giving us his spirit. That we would not grieve the spirit of God, but we would yield to the spirit of God who heals and restores. That's who he is. So this morning, the front is open. The open if you need prayer. The prayer team are here to pray with you. But I would encourage you to sign up for the prayer and fasting thing over January. It'll, it'll, it'll be good for you. But in these last days of 2023, Go through a process of yielding to the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, if there's anything in me that needs to be removed, let it be removed because I don't want to practice the works of the flesh anymore. And the enemy's probably right there on your shoulder for a couple of you saying, it won't change. Your life won't change. That circumstance won't change. It won't change. That is a lie. Because we have seen so many lives change, so many people change, so many situations change. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy but trust God. So Lord, I thank you that you are calling your people to walk as sons in maturity and wisdom and power and authority in these days. As the world around us is is crumbling, you are calling a people to yourself that we would demonstrate your kingdom. We would demonstrate what it means to be a spirit-filled people in every way. Yes, God. Yes, we agree. Lord, the gifts that are in people, the signs, the wonders, the miracles, the healings, the prophecy, the tongues, the release, oh God, that there'd be a fresh move of your spirit, oh God, to bring forth the gifts within. But Lord, that the fruit and the character of Christ would be shown through us at the same time. Help us to yield to you, Lord. So we come. We come to you afresh today. We love you, Jesus. Holy.